Welcome to the Nehemiah Entrepreneurship Community Podcast. I'm your host, Patrice Saguet, and I'm here with the great Chris Hood from Sioux Falls. Chris, how are you? Excellent. Thank Sam you. How are you? Florida. And <laughs> yeah. uh, we're going to talk about being more than a conqueror. Chris, uh, we are so honored uh, because Chris have been... Um, selected as receiving the more than a conqueror of the year award it's an award that um, we give individuals who've gone through trials and tests overcame and has remained faithful to the things of the Lord and Chris has done that and so Chris today we hope that your story will inspire many who are watching and listening and that uh, you'll be able to share with them some insight as to what are the things that helped you to overcome and to get to where you are today. Uh, so welcome those who are watching on YouTube, on Facebook, uh, on our various various podcast channel. Thanks for being here. Uh, you feel free to ask questions and share comments as we go along. Chris is a biblical entrepreneur. He's also a biblical entrepreneur instructor, certified trainer. He's also uh, one of our sales and customer rep for the email project. And he's also um, a identity and destiny facilitator coach. So Chris, you kind of do it all, man. And you got a number of clients then so for that you work with. I do. Yes. I'm so Chris, we, before we get us into the story, ah, ooh, your wife, your wife says so proud of you, honey. Oh man, she's in love. Oh, she's in love. So, Diane, good to have you. Thanks for watching. And uh, we are also proud of him, Diane. We are so proud of him. Chris, let's start with um, your, 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 your story. You, you began as a very successful entrepreneur in the uh, space, in, in, the, in, the, in the particular industry that you did very well. Let's first talk about that and, and how that happened. Well, yeah. Um, first of all, I'd like to say thanks, Patrice. Thanks for this opportunity. And uh, Diana, I love you too. Uh, happy anniversary. Today is 25 for us. So it's our 25th wedding anniversary today. Happy so, anniversary. Yeah, thanks so. for your anniversary. <laughs> awesome, Diana. Happy anniversary. You know, it's funny. You and I were born the same year. This year is my 25th anniversary as well. But Whoa. December is my month. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, well, happy anniversary to you too. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you. So, yeah, the, the way it started for me, um, when I was uh, 16 years old, I, I really, I kind of took a challenge uh, starting a position in a landscaping company and uh, did that through high school, worked for a landscaping company and and went up to college uh, at SDSU, South Dakota State University, not San Diego, but South Dakota State University, a few uh, less numbers, but uh, really enjoyed that industry. And, and what I enjoyed more than anything was, was probably how hard, hard of work it was, not really knowing and understanding God's first command to Adam, where he put him in the garden to work, which has been a really foundational scripture for me in my life but uh, uh, God put me in that garden to work and we we did I I don't know I guess you could say well from a flesh perspective um, 
we did a lot of projects and there's certainly other talent out there that I believe is a lot more gifted than we were at what we did. But we installed landscaping and I, I really enjoyed that industry. So thank you, Sam. So yeah. Um, and we, I did that. Let's see, I, I was in the industry from 1986 until about really maybe 2014, uh, which at that time I, I felt 2014, maybe it was 2015. I felt like God told me it was time to leave that industry. So, so, so I did. Before you laugh, it sounds, I mean, what you did was written the papers. You had a lot of media attention. What was so unique about what you were doing, how you were doing it, that had such a media attention? Well, I think I think the big thing was is that that we did uh, we did high end custom work. Um, we were very bl blessed with the clientele that uh, was really just amazing to work for. I, I can I can tell you that here's an example. Uh, you talk about being loved at what you're doing. And we had a client who used to go through our trucks. She used to she used to look actually look in our trucks to see what kind of beverages my crew drank. And then she would fill her fridge with those beverages and she'd send a note, she'd put a note or or make a comment and she'd say, I don't drink any of that stuff. I got it for you, so please drink it. And and almost daily, she would bring us lunch. And I think we ended up doing sixteen projects for that family. And uh, uh, it, you know, it was just a real blessing to to be in an industry where we felt appreciated. And um, I guess I, I I didn't think we were great at all. I I mean, we just scooped rock and dug holes and fitted stones together and that's really what we did and uh we were just really blessed with uh incredible clients so wow incredible and then from there you decided you felt the lord calling you to shift and you shifted into more ministry well my ministry things that were more very intentional dear to you heard about impacting people whether it was through teaching, bringing different resources in place. Talk to us a bit about that shift and how that came about. Yeah, that's a, that's a great question, Patrice. I, um, and that's, that, that brings a lot of tears out too, because I, I, although I felt like our work had meaning, I didn't feel like uh, the meaning that, that our work had was really that sustainable. Um, and I can remember, I can remember people would, they would sit down with me and, and I knew that the project was going to be enormously expensive, a lot, lot of times more expensive than people would spend on their house, you know, or a lot of houses, I should say, but which it didn't matter to us. But I can remember looking at people and saying, why are you doing this? You know, what, what's, what are you trying to accomplish by doing this project? And, you know, through tears, sometimes we we'd get to know them well enough to where they would tr totally open up and they would say, I don't know, I just I just, you know, our our, our lives are chaotic and, and I feel like my family is drifting apart and I want to do something to bring them together. And then I would 
really, I, I guess you could say, start to minister to them. I don't, I don't know how else to explain it. And I encourage them to, you know, just, you, you didn't, you don't have to do a project to, to bring health and healing to your family. If there's something that you're looking for. And a lot of times people would look at me or several times, not maybe not a lot, but several times people would look at me and they would say, wait a minute, are you a landscaper or are you a pastor? Because you better figure that out before we do this project. And I, I remember you, I, I would say, why does there have to be a difference? Mm-hmm. You know, why, why can't I minister to you through our work, which was really prophetic of that, of that verse that the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden to work. And we, wow. we, we did gardens. So, Wow. Powerful. Yeah. I want to emphasize something, Chris. By the way, Chris, your background went off. So, Chris, tell us about that background, by the way. What was that that our people were looking at? Well, this is a project. Um, this this project means a lot to me because this was a culmination of so many years of of talent with my crew and different people. And also, this, this design... Um, so there, there's a vantage point. It's 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 right above my ear, right behind my ear, and that's 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 a point in the design where where I felt like the it, it should be the, like a focal point of the design. So everything that we did there revolves around that point. Where I, in a vision, I had a vision of this landscape, and it's it it's a project that we did for very very dear and close friends uh, of our families of our family. And the, in the vision, I saw a pastor baptizing people and on the top step of the pool. And I didn't realize that with the pool grotto, that was to me kind of symbolic of, of the, of the undefiled tomb of Gethsemane. Um, I didn't, I didn't think about the stone and, and the, the duration of the products uh, so much as I, I did about that bap- baptism point. And when we when I surrendered this project, our, our friends asked us about this project and we'd been traveling all over dreaming about this project for I think almost eight years. And it just didn't feel right to me to do this project at that time. And I didn't, I don't know if I was losing my confidence or, but I just didn't want to let them down. And I was trying to figure out, okay, should I go into ministry? Because a lot of people had approached me about going into ministry, which I didn't, it didn't seem right to do that. And so I just basically laid it on the altar. And I felt like in, in the midst of designing this and having this vision, I felt like God said, don't worry about it. I'm going to do this through you. And after that happened, our local paper um, did several features on the project. And uh, we had a lot of other media attention as well through Verizon Wireless followed us. And the Ziegler Corporation ended up, um, who I'm very good friends with, uh, uh, they, they had asked me at one point if I wanted to represent the landscaping industry. Um, as a result, largely because of, of, of our obedience and following God, I believe. I don't know. I guess we could ask Tom uh, why exactly, but um, that's Tom Ziegler. But um, we, uh, 
I don't know the 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 media when they when they approached me. I said I'm not really interested in talking about what we do, but I am interested in in building up my guys and talking about about God's design and framing God's views and God's materials and things of that nature. Which our secular newspaper did three features on that, and then another follow up feature at another time. So wow, yeah. wow. I mean that is beautiful. It is gorgeous. So. Could you, you imagine that being your house? So, so something. So Sam, Samantha came out of vacation. Samantha's on vacation right now, just to watch your podcast. Uh, oh, what a sweetie! Samantha, enjoy your vacation. She's a she's the dynamo. So, um, Chris, here's what I'm hearing you say: uh, your client was spending a lot of money on things like what we see here that you and your team were doing. Your company. How much? Give us a sense of how much your clients might spend on 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 things like uh, yard design and, and landscaping. Well, they were all different. Um, you know, uh, we did a lot of lake homes. We did a lot of big pool projects. Where um, you name it, um, some people spent ten grand. Some people spent uh, over a million on the whole projects. Uh, on the whole project, not not uh, not necessarily just our work, but you know everything that they did in their outdoor space with pools and grottos and and earthworks and cement retaining walls that covered with stone and that was not uncommon. Which I guess it's maybe a little uncommon for the Midwest, but um, our our projects were. I guess I guess you could say maybe a little bit expensive or over the top, you know. So yeah. So so you're dealing with folks spending between ten thousand even to up to the million a million dollars on their outdoor space, yeah. landscaping, pools, whatever. And and so your concern at time was it was a lot of money spending, and then you were that led to you getting to know them and getting curious about their heart and what what the real meaning for them was. And you discovered that many of them were using that as a mechanism to get to, to fill a hole that was in the family. And, and, and so you began to, to do what ministers in the marketplace do. You would minister to them. And so that created this confusion where many of them uh, didn't see you as a Daniel or a Nehemiah or Joseph, who these were men who were, or an Esther, who were in secular spaces. And 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 could carry out God's will. And Abraham, who was a sheep and cattle rancher, you know. And so these these are uh, Paul, who's a tent maker. So so you you saw you didn't see yourself as one or the other. You saw this blend of carrying out God's call by doing excellent work and being open to share the gospel and minister to people. Is, is that kind of what was happening with you? Yeah, it was. I I, I guess I wasn't that overt with with i mean i was very direct in ministering to to them not really biblically but uh you know they all knew i was a christian they knew what what was important to me um my faith and and things of that nature but um you know i just i, I was really concerned about uh about people's spiritual well-being you know, and, and again, a lot, a lot of people, well, several of them came right out and they, they, uh, they would say that they would say, 
you know, I don't, something's different. Something's different about you. Why, why are you doing this? What, you know, what, what, because I challenge them on what they were doing. I would wow. challenge them on, on the fact that they were spending extraordinary amounts of money. And there was one project where a guy was spending way over a million bucks and he invited me to dinner and we actually ate dinner in my truck. And he goes, what in the world, what is, what is it about you? And I said, well, I said, fulfillment to me is, is, you know, trying to please man. That's one thing. But, but I, I said, everything that I try to do, I try, I, I view it. I try to view it as best as I can through the lens of what I believe God would want me to do. Because I said, it's easy. It's so to speak, it's easy to serve men, but, but our excellence comes not from competing with other people, but completing something specific for God's kingdom with our individual strengths and talents with wow. what we're wired for, what sets us apart. And that's in Jeremiah one, five talks about that, how we're set apart to do something specific and not compete for somebody. I didn't care what anybody else was doing. I wanted to serve my clients with the very best of what God put in me. Wow. So, and this is before biblical entrepreneurship. Yeah. So this is incredible. And Sadai obviously gave you favor. Uh, Chris, uh, Aaron Blank, Blank says, bless you, Chris, uh, who bless you and your ministry. You have some fans out there, Aaron, welcome. Again, we're talking to Chris Hood. Uh, he's receiving uh, this year at Nehemiah Week our More Than a Conqueror of the Year Award. And this is an award I would give someone who's gone through a journey of trial test and, and rose um, and came out as gold and uh, did not lose the faith and, and stayed uh, faithful. Uh, and Chris has done that. We want to honor him this year. If you've not yet signed up for Nehemiah Week, go to nehemiahweek.com. NehemiahWeek.com, there you can still register, space is still available. By the way, this week, if you register this week before Friday, uh, you will get 50% off your registration. Uh, just go to NehemiahWeek.com. So Chris, so uh, it, it, what's interesting is that while you are working, the Lord is, the Spirit of God is moving in you. And you yourself didn't probably didn't know what was going on. You, 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 you began to be more passionate and convicted about the things of the spirit versus uh, the things that are natural. And what's interesting, when you're asking your clients, why are you spending this kind of money? You're actually going against yourself because, because they're spending most of that money with you and you're challenging them on that. So well, what, what is it about a man who would challenge their clients in a sense saying, you're spending too much money with me? Is that a little bit um, a uh, is that crazy, Chris? <laughs> what was going on in your head? Yeah, I've certainly been asked that by a lot of people. Um, you know, it, what we did wasn't completely profitless, and I've talked about this historically, where we we could buy things and we could do things. You know, we had a lot of spendable income, and. What what was interesting to me is because I'm a designer, I used to sit down and I'd measure things and and I'd I I I looked at the design of our life and I was like, you know, why is it if if we make five or ten or fifty grand or whatever it was, why is it that every time we make money, we leave? Why is it that we spend so much time traveling and where are we going? Because because quite frankly. We'd get on the road, and and uh, 
I'm just going to tell you, we, we would argue, we'd fight. And so we were, there was some, you and your wife. Yeah. Okay. And there, there was some, and again, praise God. She's put up with me for 25 years. She's amazing. She completes me. Thank you, God. She completes me in so many ways. And yeah, it's, and I'm so proud of her. She's completing identity and destiny today, which is a profound program, which That's is right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Big day. Uh, what time is it, Chris? Is, uh, is, I don't know. One, one or one thirty or something. Text me. Uh, there's a, if, if, if also team put up here, the registration for the identity and destiny graduation, Chris wife is graduating today from identity and destiny. And put a registration, and uh, th and she's going to get a chance to share five minutes of her wow. perfect mosaic. Isn't that awesome? Wow. Yeah, and Gracie, my daughter's graduating. Oh my goodness, the entire family! <laughs> this is wow. I had no idea. So this yeah. is a special day. It's your anniversary. Your your family are graduating for identity and destiny, and uh, you're here on the podcast, and you, you're being honored. So Chris, yeah. so. So obviously, during that time, though you had a lot of gold, but you were not smiling. I mean, even things yeah. in your own life were not going. Okay, thank you, Diana. So it's from one to three p.m. Central Time. One three p.m. Central Time. Go to NehemiahEcommunity.com on the events. Nehemiah. Okay, there it is. It's right here. NehemiahEcommunity.com/events, and then you'll find the the uh, identity and graduation, go inside and register and come check Diane out and hear her share her five minute purpose mosaic. It's an opportunity where Diane's gonna get up and she's gonna share essentially God's plan for her life and how she's been wired and made up, everything that Chris has talked about. What a milestone, what a milestone. So Chris, you gotta promise me to come back on this podcast and bring Diane back. Okay. I wanna hear her perspective. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so. So Chris, so you make then a decision to to pursue what what you felt in your heart will bring you further fulfillment and will enable you to walk more and more into what God's called you to do. First, was that a hard decision because it meant a huge opportunity cost for you? And third, how did your wife feel about it? Oh, a oh second. <laughs> well, I, I I say she didn't. I don't think she came right out and said. I think you're going crazy or anything, but we had two shots at this, Patrice, and I wasn't obedient the first time. Um, in 2008, I, I started a business process and I wrote down this my the convictions of my heart. And one of those convictions was to sell everything. It, this was in 2008. I think it was August of 2008. Before or after the crash? Right like a month before. Wow. I had a strong conviction. I, I was like, sell everything. And our accounts receivable. Everything was at a high. So you would have, yeah. well, selling then would have done well for you. Yeah, we our accounts receivables were, I think we had, I think I had 438,000 in accounts receivables and we had a lot of cash uh, in addition to that. So we, we'd been doing good from, from what I remember. This is how I remember it anyway. And so we were we were good. We owned almost everything we had the way I remember it. And we did not do that. We did not sell everything. And Patrice stuff got really hard and really interesting after that because I was not obedient to that. Now, let me ask you this yeah. question. Yeah. When this conviction your heart says sell everything, did you tell Diana? I don't think I told her that. Okay. I, I wrote it out in a business process. 
So God spoke to Abraham. That's you, Abraham. You didn't tell Sarah. Yeah. And you didn't obey. And then the crash, the 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 nation, the, the economic crashes, two thousand eight. And you're yeah. like, oh my! Are you convicted at that point? Oh, well, yeah, because because uh, you know you take that much money, and we 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 again we 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 weren't necessarily hurting. You know, we I was not a good businessman, I guess you could say back then, because I didn't understand one of your favorite words, processes, <laughs> and I had no education. I was just a kid that could scoop rock that that ended up having tremendous help. And a lot of my guys were with me for 12, 15, 18 years, um, which is not common in the landscaping industry. It was a real blessing. But uh, uh, yeah, stuff got interesting for us. And then because the recession hit, and then we were really blessed with work, we were booked for several years. But even 2010 was our record year for, for the amount of work we did. We did three projects that were just huge projects. And, and we set a record for the amount of, of volume, the amount are our, our, our gross. But we, uh, we didn't, we, we made nothing. We made zero that year. And wow. it just kept going, it kept going down for us where we made less and less every year. And I was like, what is going on, you know? And the convictions came more and more, even to the point where I can remember I got a bill from a lawn fertilizing company for 46 bucks saying, you have to pay this. What are you doing? And I couldn't. Wow. I couldn't couldn't pay it. It was 46 bucks. So you go from high to low. Yeah. Now, at this point, I'm, I'm sure Diana is frustrated and she's yeah. going to think her husband had gone mad. Mm-hmm. Now, you then begin a spiritual journey of recovery, yeah. which doesn't get better because when, this is before I met you. And then when I met you, you were on the uptick, and then you hit another another slope. I remember that. <laughs> yeah. So talk to us. So you then go through book entrepreneurship. Talk to us about your experience with BE and Nehemiah Project, which kind of began your uptick, and then you hit another low. Talk to us about that part. Well, Okay, so so the way I exited the landscaping company was when when I when I did the project that I got all the media attention for, I felt like at the end of that project, God said, "You're done." So when all the articles were coming out and we were getting all this favor, we were getting. I I had somebody reach out to me that that asked me if we wanted to move to Ireland for two years to do a project, and. You know, so we had we had opportunity all over the place, I guess you could say. But um, I felt like God said, you're done. So I left the industry and our local secular paper did an article about that. And they, they originally called the article Man Drops His Net to Follow God. Wow. And then they they later changed the name of it that to my name, Chris Hood, doing what God wants. And it was a story about how I left the landscaping industry to to do something where I could be more encouraging and do something to serve people at a deeper level. So that's how I exited the landscaping company. And uh, uh, then I went through a trial that after that is when I met the Ziegler Corporation. Well, I, I, I guess I met them before that. So this was part of that process. And uh, um, then 
let's see. I I went through. I was a business developer for an international anti-sex trafficking ministry, which was really bizarre. And God used that to connect me with faith leaders all over the world, which was profound, such as Glenn Reppel, who's a very uh, he, amazing. He's a he's foundational in the Nehemiah Project. Uh, love that guy and so many others. But that's that's how God connected me with the faith community. But during that time, uh, we were going through the wilderness and I made no money at all. So we didn't have any provision at all, which was interesting. But uh, uh, then I found, Glenn asked me if I wanted to come through BE to go through BE. And I, I said, no, I, I just finished a, a, a business mastery program, which is called the E-Myth Business Mastery Program. And I, and I was trying to figure out what do I do? I, I didn't know what to do and uh, knew that I was poorly educated. Really, I wasn't educated. It's not that I was poorly educated. I was not educated. And then I started to go through program after program. And I went through a total of about, I think, 14 different programs before I found BE. And that that gave me the equivalent, I believe, what what, what how I look at it as like a master's degree with Bible verse citation laid over the top of it. So I can stand on the word of God. And that's, that's, that's what gives me hope is, is having the foundational scripture to undergird my business practices, the principles to, to stand on that have withstood the test of time. And that, that excites me. So that's how I found BE and BE radically transformed my life. And I, you don't know this, Patrice. Um, I don't talk about this too often, but I'm just going to share this because it's important, I think. But so I was low. I was at a low point in, in my life. And I, I can remember I went through BE and I was going through everything and I was like, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. I, I, I couldn't figure it out. And, and, and I've been told I'm a visionary and, and I, a lot of times had several years booked out and, uh, uh, different things. And, um, uh, I had several, several years booked out and I was at a point in my life where I, I, I had no idea how I was going to make ends meet. My family was, at a point where I was like, I, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know how I'm going to provide. And I was, I was ready just to give up on everything, quite frankly. And I can remember I was down in, in Florida. This was the day I graduated from BE. Wow. And the day that I pitched 828. And I, I, I've seen pictures of how I look and I look like I was dead. I fought, I fought that. I fought the whole thing. I was trying to fight through and it was just hard. And I was laying in bed that morning going, I'm done. I'm just washed up. There's, I have nothing left. And I can remember, I felt like I was, I felt like God said, get out of bed, set up your two chairs and turn to John one thirty two. And I was, I didn't want to do it. I wanted to be done. I was just done. And I felt like God said, get out of bed and go look at this. And this was, I think at about four in the morning, three or four in the morning, if 
finally I got up and opened it, and that was the verse where where Jesus is talking about where the dove descends on Jesus, where his ministry began. And I cried, and I finished BE that day. I became certified as an instructor. And then a couple days later, I met Reggie Lee, which was a pivotal thing. That was somebody that God brought to my life that that shed a lot of light on the direction that he's taken me since and things. So, yeah. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Chris, that's yeah. incredible. So... So you so and that's kind of why we are honoring you because you you kind of start from there where you are at this low point and we had no idea. Um, but I can tell when people are going through because they withdraw, um, the joy is not there as much, they're throwing everything up, and, and you were going through. And um and I, I thank you for sharing that because at that moment you felt like giving up. And, and what people don't understand is us as Christian leaders, those who are called, we do have those moments. I've had my moments where you feel the walls are closing in and, and there's this conflict within you between God calling and being a witness for him and the fact that you feel like a complete failure and you lack complete credibility. As a matter you feel like a hypocrite. That's what you feel like. Yeah. And, and so as a result, because see, for unbelievers, and, and I'm talking to somebody out there who you may be where Chris was at that moment, where because of COVID-19, the economy, whatever, things have fallen apart and you have been faithful. You may have gone through biblical entrepreneurship, you may have been in destiny or whatever class, you've, been, you've done all the right things, but it's fell apart. You thought it was your season, your moment. And then you're saying, Lord, what now? Let me tell you something, it's very normal. Uh, those in scripture faced it, Chris faced it, I faced it. And, and at that moment, we call it in biblical entrepreneurship, you are in the pit. The pit is that place where you don't know what to do, right? Only God's grace can see you through. You don't know how. All the stuff you've known, everything you thought could work has not worked. And when you are in the pit, the only hope you have is God, is the mercy of God. And I'm so grateful, Chris, I don't know about you, that God's mercy, they are brand new every day. Sometimes yeah. in the pit, all you have to do is go to bed and get up. And in the morning, somehow his mercy shows up. I don't know how he does it. Are you following me? I mean, in other words, you go up hopeless and get up hopeful. You follow me. All you got to do. So, Chris, at that moment, the Lord began to direct you to his word and things began to happen. So let's talk about the path of recovery. By the way, at that moment, how is the family? What's going on with the family at that moment? Just confusion. Um, we we I dissolved my business. I didn't want to sell anything because I felt like I, I felt like that would be misleading because it would be like selling my name. That didn't make sense to me. Selling my talent, that seemed stupid, you know? Um, so we dissolved our company. Um, and again, we're, we were still, for the most part, living off of 2008, the, the money from 2008. And, you know, it was, we were, we were pretty well positioned, I guess you could say, for a long time. But still, it was hard. We had so much equity and everything that that we could. We went for a long time. By God's grace, it, Patrice, it wasn't me. 
uh, the family. It was hard. It was hard. I mean, we grew closer and, and we made decisions together as a family. And because I had the, here's the deal, Patrice. I had the BE principles to stand on. Mm. I had unbelievably good soil around me. Mm. I had people that I couldn't, couldn't have even imagined having in my life on my phone, I could text people and say, is this normal? And mm. they, said what, they said things like what you said, said. They said, Chris, get ready. Your seed, is in, your seed is being put in the ground. God is putting your seed in the ground and you are going to bear fruit. You are, wow. gonna, you are just going to, you, your seed is germinating. Hang on, keep going, keep seeking. And that's what I did. And, and my family saw me laying down on our basement floor for almost two years, crying out. And I, I know now that tears are the most pure form of worship and the seed has to die before it germinates. Woo! Preach, and, I had, and I had a lot, uh, well, I, I had a lot of ego. I had a lot of people for a long time say, you are, this isn't even real, the work that you guys do. And I knew that it wasn't me. I knew it was my guys. I knew it was God doing stuff through us, through me. I knew it wasn't me. And God just kept, God just kept serving people through my guys and through me. And, but, but once, once that seed died, Patrice, and once I understood that a seed has to be put in the garden and die before it'll germinate and grow and bear fruit and good soil has to come around that seed. Once I realized that, oh, easy. It, it, has, it hasn't always been easy, but I'll tell you what, that gives you a boldness. That gives you a confidence that, you know, again, I had good soil, good people. That means good people, good soil around the seed that I, that I am, that I was, whatever God wants to use me for is fine. I'm game for anything. I'm bold. And, uh, uh, once that happened, once I, once I transitioned out of that sulking out of that crying after that crying out to God saying, what are you doing to me? Um, and the answer to that is I'm making, I'm, I'm, I'm making you usable. I'm, I want to work through you. And as long as you're fighting my spirit, you're not going to be able to work. I'm not going to be able to work through you. I just can't. I can't. He wants good soil that he can easily flow through, not to serve me, not to serve my ego, not to put another, 50 grand or 250 grand in my bank account that that's not the point it's it's not that money is not good but the what's in the storehouse is for me to use as a tool to go to my people to help them that's what it is and my people are the people that are hurting the business owners that are suffering from isolation that don't know where to turn that don't know where to go and i i i know what that means now i know what that feels like i know i i know the tough place that the pit is and I know what their voices sound like when they're crying out when they're isolated and when they don't know what to do in the midst of incredible wealth in the midst of incredible success from a worldly perspective and I'll tell you what that can be an incredibly lonely place and I believe that the Lord has called me to go and serve those people they're some of the loneliest people that I know 
people in prisons. I work with people in prisons. I work with people that are at the top that are lonely. Not all of them. I mean, it's, it, I, I work with, I work with kids that are really struggling. I work with, with people that are, that are trying to figure out, okay, should I just commit suicide? Should I push through whatever? And I'm, I'm here to tell them, here's the deal. At the point where you feel like quitting, that's, that's the point of surrender, I believe. Surrender! Cry out to God! <laughs> I mean, I, I was... It was hard. And, wow. and God sends people like Aaron Blank and Patrice Sage and Glenn Reppel and Jody Swain and people like that that are just, we have so many people in our lives that it's, it's incredible to me who God has sent to complete us. And it's, you know, so many people are just looking for words and hope. And we've gotten our lives to a point now where we don't need, we don't need a lot. We don't need a lot of resources. We just don't. And uh, it's great. Um, and I believe that we have time and we have the ability, the mobility to, to, to serve. I don't know. I mean, that's, that's all I can say. Uh, I, I don't know what else to say, but, um, it's a surrender is powerful, but it's, it has to be real. God can see our hearts. So, wow. Talking to Chris King, our 20. 20 more than a conqueror of the year recipient an incredible story of success trials and and recovery and and he's remained faithful in the process there were times where it was hard ready to give up but he stayed the course that water you know i want to encourage our audience here you know many of you guys can 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 feel Chris's heart. You've been through it as well. You're not alone. I, you know, Chris. So, sometimes I tell folks, I don't know why it works this way, but it just works this way. What you just shared, I, and I couldn't have expressed it even better. So, audience, when you when you're in that space, watch this podcast. Just listen to somebody else who's going through it. Sometimes misery does love company, because you say, if Chris can make it, if God can see him through. He can see me through as well. He's no respect of person. I love the point Chris made is that he's trying to bring us to death. And I've had that. Literally, this is my own sermon. He read my notes. <laughs> and how do I know it's God? Because I had no idea he gone through. He, he got the same daddy I have. Because that daddy spanked us the same way and tells us the same words. That's how I know that he got the same father I got. And, and Samantha said, that's very powerful, Chris. And Samantha, it is very powerful. Hey, we're talking about the more than a conqueror of the year award. And next, in two weeks at the MIA, we're going to be honoring Chris um, to, to, as a way to encourage why we give this award is because so many Christian leaders suffer. They go through. And, 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 and sometimes they think that God is punishing them or that God is not with them or they've sinned like the disciple who sinned that they're going through. No, sometimes nobody sinned. Yes, maybe Adam sinned from the beginning. And yes, maybe we have sinned now. But it's not because of that. Chris said it. Because God is trying to 
bring us to the end of ourselves so he may find us useful for his purpose. And at that moment, we can now be more than conquerors because it is Christ who then is shining through us and we take no credit for it. So Chris, then the Lord now began to restore you. And so let's talk a bit about some of the things that led to your restoration, some of the things that you've you've done. And, and you know, you, you're coaching uh, business people. You're like a chaplain or a spiritual pastor to many of them. Uh, you're, you're, you're working with us at Nehemiah Project as a, helping us with telling the e-community and, and, and bringing people into biblical entrepreneurship. You're, you're, you're also doing something very special in the prisons um, with products that's right now available. Uh, it's not yet there for sale, but you can see your, your company. You formed a company called 828. So talk to us a bit about the things, all the things that you're doing and how they work together for what God showed you in the beginning. So, so after, after that day, after that day where I came, I feel like I really came to the end of myself, um, down in Florida, um, the God just start show, started showing incredible favor. And, um, I guess the best way to share what happened was, um, we, we, went on a little bit of a journey and a friend of mine, a very dear friend of mine who I, who I know through BE came to South Dakota and he, he's a film producer from Malaysia. And we ended up going out to the reservation and, uh, the, the native American reservation, Pine Ridge. A lot of people know what Pine Ridge is in South Dakota. And we were referred, actually referred to a gal who's the, like, she's, she's like the, the spiritual voice of the Native American community to the United Nations. And uh, really interestingly um, to me, as soon as we walked through the door to meet this gal, she looked at us and her eyes got big and she cried for an hour and a half on video and told us that she'd been praying for 40 years for us to come. Wow, and that was the first of three people who told us the exact same thing. Um, we ended up going all over, and I had a hundred and thirty bullet points. Actually, a chapter in a book was written. It hasn't been published yet, but um, a chapter in a book was added to a book about this by that film producer author, and uh, uh, one thing after another happened that you couldn't you you could spend your whole life trying to fabricate one of the things that happened and you, you, you wouldn't be able to do it. You just couldn't, but 130 things happened during that little journey that it, it ended up taking us about 11 days. And, uh, and that was, that was the beginning of, of, uh, of a heart for developing a heart or really nurturing the heart that I already had about the Native American people. Uh, my great grandma Nan, no, that's not right. My, I think she's like two greats or three greats, grandma Nan, uh, escaped the Trail of Tears. And the gentleman that I was with uh, told me that in his spirit, he felt like it was her blood crying out through me to to uh, to tell the true story of the Native American community. And after that, I was like, okay, well, that, that brought up all kinds of memories of why, uh, one of the reasons why I went down to 
Florida to go through biblical entrepreneurship and that I wanted to develop a, a program working with prisoners. I didn't know if, if, if I was going to work, work with prisoners for a work release program, which I'd already done that before, but I wasn't sure if I should develop a, a program to work for, with prisoners uh, to help them to do something to monetize, you know, in the marketplace. But uh, um, all that, all that said, we started to develop relationships and ex received ex extraordinary favor from the reservation fr from the tribal community, such as we were invited to do a buffalo hunt by the tribal leadership. I think it was a chief actually. And uh, I was like, wow, that's interesting. Okay. Well, I don't know, maybe someday. And I didn't really fully know what that meant until about, it was probably about a year and a half later that I went into our local penitentiary to try and order a wooden box. And the director looked at me and, and she goes, what's the box for? And I told her, I said, well, I just want to put letters and precious things in this box for my kids and my wife. And I told her maybe in a minute what, what the box was for. And she looked at me and she had tears running down her face. And she said, would you consider coming into the prison and work with the inmates using the words that you use to encourage them and develop a program. Wow. <laughs> I just looked at her. I was like, wow. I don't. Yeah. Well, it felt like instantly God was activating all the biblical entrepreneurship curriculum, all the principles that I had, because I knew how to deliver biblical principles spiritually without the verse citation. I knew how to do that and, and how to minister to people's spirits. And everybody's interested in that. Everybody wants to have a purpose. Everybody has that entrepreneurship perspective. Well, entrepreneurship is, is, is the sustainability of somebody's talents, even after they die. Their, their purpose delivered into this world in a sustainable way, measured even after they die. Like Christ was put in the tomb, he had to die, and then he was put in the tomb, put in the garden, put in the, the seed was put in the garden, died, put in the garden, and then it bared fruit. Well, anyway, because we're all spiritual beings, delivering spiritually to the inmates is, is that's simple. And you can encourage them by saying, by the works of your hands, you can serve people through the works of your hands, you can, you can minister, you can, I don't say minister, you can serve people through the works of your hands and give them hope. People that, that have lost children, people that are hurting, because if somebody gets something that, that was tailored or wood that was worked and blemishes that are, are accentuated, that makes them look really cool, whatever it is, People can feel the fight and feel the work and feel the love that went into that product when they receive that product. And the inmates look at me when I'm sharing this stuff and they just cry. And I've had tears spit in my face through inmates crying so hard that they say, I'm not getting out of here, but I, I feel like I have hope. I, what This gives me an opportunity to, 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 to serve people that are have lost a child and they'll cry because a lot of the guys that I'm working with in the pen 
there's there's one guy who said who told me he said I got a call one day and and it was somebody that from a military base that said said yeah come down I we got a message for you and they were telling him that his son died that's how he learned that his son died he didn't even know his son was in the military and they cry they have hope they have hope through the works of their hands and it's so powerful and I'm trail and bunny trailing but going back to the reservation and the buffalo hunt and all that stuff the second time that I was up at the penitentiary they brought me into this huge room that was kind of it was open and there was a lot of area in there a lot of open area and I looked at that area and and they said what do you think of this space and I said wow I'm actually shocked that you're not capitalizing on this space this is a lot of room and I would I'm surprised that the industry hasn't overtaken this space and they said it did they said after the first time you came up here and we we watched the prisoners we cleared this out for you because we we want the prisoners to have the kind of hope that they shared with us after after you left or whatever however however it was but um and then more shocking he looked at me the guy that was touring me around and he said he said and just a question for you would you consider starting a, a tanning operation a tanning a hide tanning operation up at the penitentiary and you know that brought me back to the buffalo hunt that brought me back to all the conversations that i had on 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 the reservation and and just i was just floored i just stood there and cried because we are covering now covering bibles with buffalo leather and you want to see the native americans get excited let them see you working with buffalo leather i mean it's just it's it's just uh it's it's cool. They just come around you and we're working with buffalo leather. We're doing Bibles and journals and blessing seeds. We've learned that blessing seeds, the blessings are something that uh, a blessing is something that the vast majority of inmates have never had. The, the population has never had. Here's one of our blessing seeds, but uh, there's uh, so many inmates have never been blessed. And if somebody hasn't been blessed, it's uh, sadly, sadly, and unfortunately, uh, the devil will go to work on them and tell them, ask them, who are you? Who do you think you are? God tells us in his word, you are wonderfully and uniquely made. I have big, I have huge plans for you. We know that all things work for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. That's what 828 is, my foundational scripture. And uh, But the devil wants to steal that. He comes to kill and steal those that hope, those dreams. But Christ came so that we would have abundant life, have life and really have life abundantly. And wow. I, I don't think he was talking about money. He was talking about resources of hope and tools to minister to other people and help them in their own perspective of tough places. So anyway, I'm Chris, ranting probably. But. Oh guys, I mean, that is incredible. 828, and he works all things together for good for those who love the Lord 
and work according to his purpose. I'm more than a conqueror of the year. You know, he worked things together for the good of the life of Chris, the life of Diana, and he can do the same thing for your life as well. And now God is using Chris to help all of us. Chris Roy says, keep going, brother. And um, and then also George uh, Chikinu, I think he's from uh, Zimbabwe, right? Is this George from Zimbabwe? He says, that's powerful, my brother. Keep on keeping on. Wendy says, Chris is an awesome man of God. His love for Christ and his people come through all that he does. Chris, I mean, you get some love here, my friend. Yeah, this, that's this so blessed. Chris, now in, in two weeks, we're going to have Nehemiah week, and um, you are actually doing a, I've actually doing a breakout on Marketplace to help you understand that. And um, and then you're also going to be um, be honored as the More Than a Conquer of the Award. So my, my question, so help me sell the week. You've been to Nehemiah week before. Um, so if somebody's watching and listening, they're saying, why should I come? Because you helped me sell the week. What would you say to them? I said, why should there be a Nehemiah week this year? Don't miss the opportunity. If God is calling you to do something, he's looking for, he's looking for obedient servants. That's it. You, you could, you could never met George on here. Um, so many, so many of the people that I've met through biblical entrepreneurship. Um, oh, if you if you feel a tug, there's a hook on this, the blessing seed. There's a hook on this that's very intentional. I've learned that if you're seeking God and you feel a tug, you have a whisper, you have a vision, set your hook. I set my hook on everything, and usually it's God because I believe that if we're intentional about seeking him, that he will show up and he will reward us. He will bless us in some powerfully profound way. And all I can say is, is uh, please don't miss the opportunity for your life to radically shift. And my life did not get real until God started working through me, until I had surrendered and there was nothing left of me. Because I, I don't have anything. I had no story. All I had was ego, greed. Um, please do not miss the opportunity to go to Nehemiah Week. You will be a seed placed in a garden with incredibly, profoundly incredible soil that will be brought around you. That has a perspective of, I want everything for you and nothing from you. People that I believe God will bring around you to complete you and not to compete against you. People that will help you to really know who you are for his kingdom, not for yours. And you'll know what that means. If you come to Nehemiah week, you will know what I'm talking about. You will know what that means because you'll be able to feel it. And there's nothing like it. There is, you can't explain it other than just, oh, and, until you feel it. It's kingdom. It is the kingdom. I know it is. It's that's what everybody says. There's nothing like it. Wow. Well, this is powerful. Thank you, Chris. Th Chris, thank you for your candor and your transparency and your openness. Uh, you've helped us all. 
because many of us have gone through what you went through. We didn't know what it was. We didn't we didn't know what to call it. We thought we were weird or strange. We thought we had missed a step. But what you did today is validated to us that you you've got the same daddy we have. And and that's a daddy that loves us and that wants to work all things together for good. Wow, congratulations um on on your win. You truly are more than a conqueror, my friend. And and by the way, Roy, who just uh, say keep going, is our new customer sales rep. Roy, welcome to the team. Roy has a lot of experience in uh, in 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 selling Christian directories, and he's going to help us really explode uh, the marketplace and 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 grow. We excited to have growth. So you meet. We all will meet Roy on Thursday at the uh, the sales and customer rep meeting. Chris, uh, there are many entrepreneurs around the world who have gone through and are going through now. I want you to encourage them. As we close here, again, if you want to see Chris and many others uh, uh, and learn, to, our theme this year is grow, uh, growth through strategy. Um, as we try to help you address um, your, if you've had losses this year, that, that uh, 2020 does not have to be a no growth year, but you can position 2020 for a future growth. Come to Nehemiah Week, go to NehemiahWeek.com, NehemiahWeek.com, and there you can be a part. By the way, Chris, your wife says she has to go. She got to go prepare for identity and destiny. Uh, so I want to say back to your lovely wife. Yeah, see ya, honey. Thanks for <laughs> joining us. And that welcome, is, boy. Yeah, that's, that's great. That is beautiful. So, so uh, Chris, um, why don't you, uh, what would have encouragement would you say to the people around the, the nation and the world as to, as to why should they keep pressing? Encourage them right now before we wrap up. Again, a, a, a seed has to die before it'll germinate. But I'm here to tell you guys that uh, um, hope truly comes when we get to the end of ourselves. And there is no other feeling in the world like the kingdom. And there is nothing more powerful to stand. Okay, here's the deal. When Peter was called out of the boat, Christ said, come, come to me. And Peter got out of the boat. He did not walk on water. He walked on God's word. And we can always walk on God's word. And when life gets tough, our guidebook, what God gives us, to walk on, to stand on, what we can always stand on is scripture. You can stand on God's word and there is nothing in the world like God's word, especially in times of pandemic, in times of challenge, in times of insurmountable odds coming against us. If we seek God with all of our heart, if we seek him, God's not a vending machine, but if we seek him, if we seek him with all of our heart, he will come through. He he will. He will come through. And I just encourage you to seek God and, and just know that in times of trial, what I've experienced, the kingdom advances. And and our kingdom companies are advancing. They're all growing right now. That's it's you can't explain it other than they're kingdom companies and it's a pandemic, but we're advancing. We're all advancing. And it's it's exciting. It's just exciting to see that. But God's word talks about that. So light 
overcomes darkness and lights are really bright right now. So I just want to encourage you to keep on, keep going, start every day. I have to start every day opening your Bible with opening your Bible and say, God, what do you want me to do today to bless your children? How do you want me to be a blessing today? And after you ask that question, because God can see your heart, just listen and set your hook on everything that you feel like he gives you. Write it down, journal it, journal it down, write it down. Habakkuk 2, 2, and 3 says, write the writing on the tablet, write it clearly, write it plainly, so he who reads it may run with it and shall not tarry. I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but that's in essence what it says. Write it down. Because he loves it. He loves it when we have a measure. And then he can show himself. He can say, look at this. I'm God. You didn't do this. I did this through you. And and he gets the glory. So I just want to encourage you to get in the word. Get Surround yourself with people that are convicted that want everything for you and nothing from you. And just keep going. Keep fighting. Keep fighting. Keep going. So, yeah, that's, that's my biggest encouragement. Do, don't give up. Don't give up. Keep going. I love you. I, God loves you. Just keep going. Keep going. Wow. What a message. Chris, thank you so much. Congratulations on winning the 2020 more than a conqueror of the year award and thank you for allowing us to share your story and letting your story inspire us that we might be conquerors as well well we've come to the end of our show i know you've been blessed because i know i have and i want you to share this with others push this out so that others might be encouraged as well by chris and as they're encouraged that they too may be conquerors as you and I are, and as Chris is. And, and, and do not leave here because I'm gonna pray for you and I'm gonna pray with you. And then you'll watch a video and then we'll let you go. Well, before I do, if you want more information about us, go to nehemiahecommunity.com, nehemiahecommunity.com. There you can get information on how to receive training, coaching, access to capital, and join our community so that together we may transform the world. Join us at Nehemiah Week, where we will be gathering together from Asia, Africa, Europe, Latin America, North America, uh, as we seek to grow through strategy. Go to NehemiahWeek.com, NehemiahWeek.com. You'll meet Chris there and many others. With that, let me pray for you. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord enable you to steward those talents that He's placed under your care. And may you steward them in such a way that one day you may hear those wonderful words, well done, good and faithful servant. You see, like Chris, like many others, you've been faithful over a few things. Guess what? He'll now make you ruler over much. God bless you. Chris, thank you again. Please don't leave. Watch this video. See you guys on EMI Week. Thanks, Patrice. Nehemiah Week is an annual event designed to equip entrepreneurs and leaders from around the world to inspire and to honor marketplace leaders for their accomplishments, 
and what they're doing to model Christ in the marketplace. God is doing incredible things at Nehemiah Week. Ladies and gentlemen, God has called us to be a light for Him, to be an example for Him, to be a model for Him so that as others see us, not hear us, but see us, they can see a model of Christ. Yeah, each year at Nehemiah Week, we, we gather uh, the, the nations. Our vision is to transform the marketplace with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, one entrepreneur at a time. We have learned uh, to do business uh, in a good way. Uh, I will actually spread this to our church as well. Through the course of Nehemiah Week includes information around um, principles of biblical entrepreneurship, so really looking at biblical economics. What we've learned this week is, is about training. Our Nehemiah uh, project is about training and then coaching and then accessing capital. Nehemiah gave me God's vision really impacts the way that I see doing business. Nehemiah Week not only gives birth to new ideas, it connects us with resources and relationships that makes them possible. But what we want to do is not just affect here in the U.S., we want to take this curriculum all over the world. Whatever it is, the question is, what impact will this have on others? It's something that's going to change lives. So I'm ready to use whatever I have for the benefit of the kingdom of God. I believe that the nations are going to shape because of this week. Biblical entrepreneurship takes a stand to say we are going to be witnesses for Jesus Christ in the marketplace.